Welcome. It's time to remap your mind. If you are ready for some mind remapping, deep food for thought, metaphysical, spiritual vitamins for your soul, you are most definitely in the right place. This podcast is all about empowering our community to go deeper, touching topics that most people may not think to think about with everyday real heroes who are trying to make a difference in our world. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne, Master NLP and Hypnosis Practitioner and Trainer, Author, Speaker and Coach, and Founder of the Mind Remapping Nation. I am here to motivate, empower, and inspire you to be powerfully in the driver's seat of your mind and think outside the box so you can have the deepest experience of joy, success, freedom, and peace of mind in all areas of your life. Now let's get to the good stuff. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know every time we release another Mind Remapping Meal for you. Okay, y'all, let's get meta. What's up, y'all? It's time to remap your mind so we can create a life you design. I am Dr. Maisha, and I'm back for another episode with my friend and colleague, Dr. Omalaro Owemedimo. And uh, she is the owner of Melanin, Melanin Medicine and Motherhood, where she got me with these tongue twists today. All the alliteration. <laughs> Girl, if you know me. You know, I was practicing beforehand and I still got a little tongue twisted, but it's all good. I'm so excited because, you know, um, most of you all who are listening uh, may know that I, I have another podcast, uh, Next Level Physicians, and Dr. Omolara has been on that podcast. Uh, I've, I've been on her podcast. We, we talk, and I love her platform. And I was like, as soon as I started this podcast, I was like, yo, you have got to come on and chat about the empowerment of Black women. So that's what we're talking about today. But first, let me welcome Dr. Omolara to the show. What's up, my sister? Thank you. I feel so special. Uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you no, are. It's, <laughs> it's awesome to be here. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited about this new, new direction that you're taking. And I think it's so needed, as you know. Um, <laughs> and so super happy to be on here and to chat about being powerful, being authentic, and all of the stuff that's wrapped up around that. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you know, I want the, the audience to kind of know who you are and what you stand for. So just kind of tell us about yourself. Yeah, so um, I am a board-certified pediatrician um, and really uh, had a lot of experience, particularly as a global health physician, which I think informed a lot of my insights around justice and being kind of, when I think about the theme of my life, it's always been about justice. And so um, a lot of my work was outside of this country in Sub-Saharan Africa, the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And then when I came back, um, I actually did a lot more work in trying to build kind of global health here in the U.S. So mm -hmm. immigration, working with marginalized populations, mm -hmm. and I was doing all the things. Um, I was an academic pediatrician, mm -hmm. so I was seeing patients, mm -hmm. doing advocacy, um, researching, <laughs> educating, MP mm -hmm. MPH school, and then um, I burnt out. 
Um, everyone could see that coming. Probably they they could see the, the breadcrumbs to that. And <laughs> I burned out there. And that was in 2018. And then in 2019, about six months later, um, I actually uh, ended up not being able to walk and I couldn't, um, and I didn't know why until about four days later, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And mm -hmm. during that time, I was told that if I did not figure out how to de-stress my life, um, that I would continue to have multiple exacerbations and probably lose the ability to walk completely. Mm -hmm. And so that was a wake up call. And um, through that, what I really focused on and, and tried to understand was kind of why am I here? I'm doing all of these things for everyone else and the validation, I'm a doctor, I'm teaching and all, but what is it that brings me joy? And when I sat there, I really understood that at this point of my life, what brings me joy was really trying to empower other women to not follow that same path that I think is kind of that black, um, that black, the strong black woman trope that we a lot of times fit ourselves into and then potentially end up with some mental health or physical health crisis. So I developed um, Melanin Medicine Motherhood as an empowerment freedom space, I like to say, not a safe space or a brave space. I want to be free and I want other women to be free. And so we developed this. It initially started with a Facebook group, then a podcast, and now it's a coaching company. And we also have a membership community. And so it's really just grows. And I just wait for God to just tell me what, okay, what are we doing next? Like, <laughs> Like because yeah. uh, you know clearly I'm not running this ship. You are so yeah. so I don't know what else is up in the works. But what we have been able to is really create a, a beautiful community. We have about 1,300 plus women in our Facebook group and about um, 45 women in our smaller um, membership community. Uh, so we're super excited and thank I you so that. much. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I love that, and I think what. Um, what I love so much is that you're creating community for us to come together and empower each other. Because I think that there's a lot of, there has been a lot of individualism um, in our culture as we've tried to succeed, right? And I think we're coming to a point in time, you know, in the last year, especially, but in the last few years where we're starting yeah. to realize that we really truly are better together. And, you know, I say this proverb all the time. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's my favorite African proverb ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so that's what you're doing. Yeah. And I believe like it's ancestral, right? My parents are um, Nigerian um, and just in terms of growing, going back and forth, remembering kind of like the times when we'd like be in the in the village or ever and in the area and you would see like all of us playing around and like, you know, you couldn't see your mom, but you knew she was there. You saw somebody's mom and, you, and all, all of them were basically together kind mm -hmm. of both um, releasing mm -hmm. and pouring like mm -hmm. simultaneously. And, and I think that's extremely important. And for us ancestrally, I think we're a collectivist people, which a lot of times is why there's this tension in so many of the spaces that we sit in, because I think they just don't feel natural to the core of who we are mm -hmm. and, and, and how we truly want to be. And so, yeah. 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 It's interesting because even for myself growing up and I grew up in Alabama, so, you know, I didn't, you yeah. know, <laughs> um, I grew up in Brooklyn, by the way, just so everyone knows. Ooh. I did not grow up in Nigeria. Okay. 
Um, so my my um, my street on my street, it was like everybody was everybody was connected to my mom, right? I used to ride my bike down the street, and I'd go to uh, the McCormick's house and play with uh, Dana and Rachel, and 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 then you know they they knew that if anything was going down. And I knew the same thing was going down. Guess who would find out? You know, I'd be riding down the street and there, there'd be neighbors like sitting on the porch. Like it really was a community, the community, you know, raised the child. So I knew that I, I felt safe in the community, right? On my street. Um, and even on the next street, you know, the couple of streets, a couple of streets beyond, people knew where I lived. People knew who, whose child I was. And I yeah. think that that in our, in our society has been very much lost. And of course, you know, there are reasons why it has been lost. Um, but also I think as time has gone on and as some of the, the, the things that we thought we have, we have come so far around, i.e. race, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, starting to, <laughs> we're starting to be less comfortable with, with this whole idea of communal parenting. Uh, communal, you know, just community in general. And then I, you know, what's interesting and, you know, I'm going to touch on it and we can get into it is I, you know, that now I'm getting into this realm of conscious anti-racism. I'm doing um, these trainings. And as I learn more about like the symptoms of white supremacy culture, um, I'm learning that some of the things that we've adopted is really basically internalized uh, racism, you know, and so it's just interesting how now we have to come back to that community because one of the symptoms of white supremacy is individualism. And I did Correct. not even know that. Correct. Right? Correct. Capitalism. Um, I mean, if you think, if you want to like really go into this, right. Um, one of my, so there's um, womanist theology, which is mm-hmm. like a really important space. I think that feeds me particularly mm-hmm. that um, was first coined by Alice Walker mm-hmm. and the Combahee River Collective, which I think um, really set up the stage around this idea that not only are you collective, but thinking about um, the fact that there are there's racism and sexism, of course, mm-hmm. but then the idea of like capitalism and how the structure, how the structures actually are born on the fact that if we as black women are undervalued and underpaid that is what makes the system go right so Mm -hmm. i can hire one black woman for something that would allow me to actually save money and not hire two people um and and not hire a man or not and so and a lot of that allows i also i also talk about how potentially sometimes that whole strong black woman trope which has three components right the emotional suppression the um uber independence no mm-hmm. no help necessary mm-hmm. and the like constant caregiving to ourselves like self sacrifice and caregiving mm-hmm. when we operate like that we can produce and produce and produce and also when we see that we're not being valued or we see that something's amiss we don't say anything because we've been malaligned to that if we say something we're angry hostile right. and so it's it's like this perfect storm where when we stay back and when we stay in and try to stay comfortable we actually allow for those systems of oppression to just continue and continue unscathed and absolutely and, and so i think I think the work that you're doing around remapping our mind and helping us to remember that, no, I don't have to work twice as hard, like to get half it. Look, I'm like trying to 
start to unlearn some of these things are really important and that's like your specialty so <laughs> well you know like you said it's, it not only does it take a community in you know inside of family it takes a community inside of this work and you know th things that i'm learning just around some of the basic things that we do like like this this perfectionism you know that is something that we that is is you know a key component i think too of the strong black woman and uh, black woman narrative is mm -hmm. this 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 uh premise that we have to do it right all the time but that's that's an internalized white supremacist uh, white supremacist cultural uh principle mm -hmm. and i think when we start to get into these spaces where like you said a white person can hire um one black woman to do the work of multiple people yeah. right that's free emotional labor which mm -hmm. we know has been taught that's no that's that's something way back in slavery and correct and, and before right so free free emotional labor and then we're competing with each other for the even a job that's supposed to be a job of many but it's a job of one so then exactly. therein lies the individualism we, we've learned we're learning and internalizing these various symptoms that are inherited they're not even ours and i think one of the things to begin to dismantle unconsciously is are these things are this symptom of, of perfectionism are the symptom of individual are the symptom of you know either or thinking right mm -hmm. either or there's mm -hmm. either this or that no and i that's a nlp principle that we teach all the time is get rid of the either or right and begin to use and and then you start to like really see new pathways for possibilities working together right oh. and so I love it. I, that's why I love what you do and bring you together <laughs> community. Look, we're over here like, that's why I love what you do. That's why I love what you do. I that's, 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 that's it. You know, we yes. got this is a together. This is such a togetherness principle, right? Yeah. Yesterday we were, um, so in our community, we have book clubs, we have guest master classes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and we had our book, our book club, we just finished the book too heavy a yoke, um, black women and the burden of strength, which lord like i was yeah i was just like oh my god what, what have you done to me book but at the end she um she talks a lot about a 12-step recovery process mm -hmm. and it makes you although at first you're like what it makes you realize kind of how similar this addiction to showing up with this mask and it, understandably so because of the protection that we feel like we need to have right but mm -hmm. understanding how that leads to all of the detrimental health effects the same way alcohol and the addiction to alcohol mm -hmm. leads to that and how it literally is this um she talks about kind of almost like Alcoholics Anonymous, how there's this like ongoing need to yes. like sit in those communities to mm -hmm. like release and knowing you're gonna relapse and knowing mm -hmm. that you're gonna not say no to the things you know you need to say no right. to. You're going to hold in, you're going to overcommit, you're going to um, take away other people's responsibility to do their responsibility and, and do it mm -hmm. for them. And you're also going to potentially insinuate this in other women um mm -hmm. uh, unconsciously including our daughters right mm -hmm. and and so understanding that and knowing that i'm gonna need a place to go back to after i've you know 
been sober a little bit and go back to and be like, okay, I fell off the wagon again. This is what I'm doing. Okay, help me out. How can I, <laughs> like, how can I say no? How can I stop this? And that I think was when I realized that although I love coaching and I love strategy, I would say I do more strategy than coaching. I'm just built that way. But I really was like, one of the women who was in my coaching program, it's so funny. Now I'm thinking about this. It was when I did it, it was three months. Now it's a 12 month program, but she came out and about a month later, she was like, Oh, my God, I need to talk to you. I'm in withdrawal. That was the exact word that she said. And now I'm hearing it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, but I think it's the same thing about understanding. This is a process that is not finite. Right. It's something that we always get confronted by these messages. Our yeah. children get confronted by it. And we need to have a space where we can um, hash it out and, and recover. Absolutely. And, and I'm very familiar with the, with the, with the recovery, the tw 12 steps of recovery, love them. Um, and one of the things I love about them is that it is a journey. And, you know, you know, the cliche saying it's about the journey, not the destination, but really it's kind of true, right? Um, they, these steps can reconnect you to who you are, reconnect you to intuition, reconnect you to uh, something bigger than yourself, which, you know, some call higher power, people call whatever they call, right? Power bigger than yourself. And I think that when we begin to reconnect to ourselves as black women and black men too, right? And, but as we re begin to truly reconnect to who we are in the present and ancestrally and how great we are and, and, and how it used to be with the cultural community, the, the family, you know, the family, the play family, right? Mm -hmm. um, then we can begin to lean on each other in these instances where, you know, we're, we're sobering up and there's relapse, right? And, and yeah. there's safety inside of the spaces to be able to call when you're having a moment, whether it's a mom moment or a dad moment or a business moment or a personal emotional moment or a loss moment, or even a success moment and a celebration moment. We can go to a community that's safe to celebrate and not be side-eyed. Right, Correct. not be like, oh, you know, like feel like there's some kind of competition. So I think that that in going through these processes together, whether it's 12 steps or whether it's, you know, um, 14 steps or six steps, <laughs> as long as we're doing it as a community, uh, I think then we are empowering each other. And I think that's what we need the most right now. Yeah, there's a, a, a huge piece to this that um, is really important in terms of kind of when I think about the mindset. One thing that we talked about in this challenge that I did was um, we talked a bit about letting go of the control, right? And, and understanding that uh, like many of the women that I talked to are um, very seeped in, in terms of um, Christian faith and like um, believing God and, um, you know, and then we talk about how that idea of not of, of sitting in that strong black woman of, I got it, I'll do it, I got this, and how that completely <laughs> is in conflict with your idea of trusting God. Like, so it's like this whole, like, you know, and, I, and, we, and we start to understand 
that also the letting go of control and like you said this idea that I'm going to fall off mm-hmm. and I'm still a good person mm-hmm. or the the perfection piece and starting to say you know what do do I have to show up this way in order for people to in order for people to recognize my value I think the way that I um, really ran through life a lot of the accomplishments I had were things that gave me joy, but also were very steeped in the validity of, okay, I checked that off. Okay, I'm good, right? I'm a great person, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I did this. Okay, I'm a great person, right? And and um, kind of adding to that and instead of checking in and saying, okay, what is it that I've done all these good things, right? But I've not allowed myself to be great at anything because I've really just, build it up with all of these good things that are other people's priorities. Right. And I think that we got to start to look at, well, what are our own values inside of that? You know, like, and, and, and we have been, and I speak for, I can speak for our industry. And I know that is similar in other sister and brother industries like law and, you know, some corporate high corporate stuff is that our values get beat out of us during her training, you know, uh, because we we get pulled into this. This is the way it's supposed to be our way or the highway. Right. And so then we get disconnected uh, internally from not only our emotions, right. Because of course, as as, as black women, you, any emotion expressed as angry, other than happiness is angry black woman, right? So we get disconnected from our emotions, which sometimes we get connected from even being able to feel our emotions. So it becomes straight numbness. Uh, but also in doing that, we get con- disconnected from the value system. What do, what do we truly hold important to us? And we start to make other things that are not, we, we instinctively know are not that important. We start to make them important to us in order to succeed or, you know, to thrive when in actuality, we're not thriving on the inside. And so it is so important to when, before you burn out, like this is the thing, right? Well, I'm a family doc, you're a pediatrician. We're, I'm, all, we're, I'm all about, I was in integrative medicine. I'm all about root cause and I'm all about prevention. And I think the thing that I most want for women to begin to understand is that you don't have to freaking burn out or be on the edge of suicide like I was. Um, to realize that something needs to change because for a percentage of people who be on the edge of suicide, they're not going to come back from that edge. Yeah. Right. When there's a solution, there is a, there's a solution in that and, and, or there's many solutions, right? It's not just one solution. There's many solutions. But part of that is being able to come back to, well, what is important to you? Mm -hmm. What is it? And then now who can either, how can you prioritize or who can help you to to create the structure of bringing you back inside of what your values are and then if you're not even clear what your values are there may be too much noise going on in the mind for you to be able to even hear yourself hear that internal self that's kind of one of the things that I do is I sort of help to remove some of those internal conversations some of that noise in the mind that just keeps you from even being able to listen to the unconscious mind, to the unconscious values. And so now what we have to do is to be able to come back to base camp. Yeah. Right in here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because 
so I think of it kind of as a plain like so a lot of women they're like where I am I'm stuck I hate this place I don't like it I know I should be out but I, you know I got bills to pay but I know it's draining me I know this and know that and mm -hmm. um and so they're like they know something needs to change and they're like I was thinking about doing this and thinking about that and it's like we're always in this mode of creation and never mm -hmm. in this mode of elimination and saying, mm -hmm. okay, what is it that before we can do that? Like you're trying to run a, a plane up there in the sky to wherever destination <laughs> and there's like debris and all this stuff on the runway. And, and so they're like, but wait, you're, I want to do this. And I'm like, we can't even get there until we figure out like, you have to learn to say no to some, you have to have some courageous conversations. You need to create some that's courageous sad. boundaries. That's you need sad. to like, let's start. And, and that's the problem because a lot of us, and you know, in terms of your work as a business coach and all of that, right? I am not a business coach, um, <laughs> but, I think, but I think one of the things that was really important learning the hard way was saying that I know something needs to change. I know that this is potentially where I want to get to is a little fuzzy, but mm -hmm. not, but being so hyper-focused on the logistics and the how and the how and the what of that and not recognizing that I'm going to build it. I'm going to like build it on this. No, 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 that's yeah. not going to happen. And at some point it's going to blow up in your face. So yeah. how about we do this first and how about we start recognizing what are our real values versus our desired values? Because our real values are the things that we see. If you do a time audit and you look and it's like, oh, I value my work and I value this and I value paperwork and I value all of these mm -hmm. things. And you're mm -hmm. like, wait, that's not like what I feel like are my values. And so how do we start because that's where the tension lies. That's where the headaches are. That's mm -hmm. where the body aches are. And all of those things that are the signs that yeah. something needs to change. You know, and here's what's interesting is that um, there's still a lot of us out there that are resistant to doing that deep work. Yes. There's still a yes. lot <laughs> of people out there who are resistant to doing what they call that woo-woo stuff, right? But here's the thing, if you don't do the woo-woo stuff, then you are going to be building a castle on shit, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. On its, and, and, and guess what? Eventually you will smell it. Correct. You know, so it's, it, you, you gotta like, we gotta like get over this. I already know that, or I already do that. And I get that there's a, a I'm in the Bible belt here in Atlanta, Georgia. And yeah. so I, I, there's all the, I'm going to pray about it. Ain't nothing wrong with pray about it. Yeah, but you so. know, you, we say in, you know, in, in, in uh, 12 step sister programs, we say uh, to pray is talking to God, but to listen is meditation. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. if you really are going to hear the messages from higher power that of what's the next time you gotta listen. You gotta listen. You know, it's not gonna be, you're not gonna be sitting cross-legged, silent, and all of a sudden the voice is gonna come to you. No, it's everyone. Everyone embodies the message of higher power. Mm. Everyone. Mm. I turn on the radio. I don't listen to the radio. I turn on Pandora and a mm -hmm. song comes on and a specific message. And I'm like, oh, high five God. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we gotta be listening. 
to, to everything. You say, well, I want to make more money or I want to, I want to be a millionaire or I want to, and then someone comes to you and say, okay, well, you got to get your money conversation, right? You got to deal with your unconscious money. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying yeah. to make money. Yeah. No, God just sent you the access to making money. Thank you're trying you. to make money. God says, I said, you know what? Here's a community of successful black women who can help. And, and you have a mentor right here. And, no, 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 no. I got this by myself. Are you kidding me? God yes. just sent you that access to making that money. So we have to be willing to do the work that needs to be done, the deep work individually inside a community if we really want to go far you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i mean i think you know um we talked about this thing called the um i think it's in glennon doyle's book untamed but she talks about this thing called the knowing the space of the knowing and i just love that word i love this idea where it's like she talks about sinking into mm -hmm. that knowing and that how so often, right, we are so scared of it because we know that the knowing is going to tell us the thing that we don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. And, and we're like, okay, nope, I got this to do. I got this to do. And so we, we, um, we distract ourselves so often and that those spaces for reflection, even, you know, the weekly time, whether it be in our community and everything, like to know that just getting there and saying, I'm focusing on me and how scarce that is in our lives and how yeah. easy it is to say, nope. But this knowing I think is really important in terms of starting to feel like, do I feel warm? Like when I'm thinking about that, do I feel mm -hmm. really cold and icky? Do I feel tight? Do I feel, and starting to recognize that our brains, right? They've been wired by this, the, the subconscious that you deal with, right? Mm -hmm. And all those rules that are like, we no, look, we try to protect you. So do it this mm -hmm. way and don't rock the boat lady. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've got mm -hmm. it under control. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's the conscious mind trying to protect you, but the unconscious mind knows the real answer. Exactly. And so I think it's really about us being able to say also that bodily piece that I think we ignore. Right. And that mm -hmm. is speaking to us. Right. When mm -hmm. I, my let, like after MS, it's like my legs tell me everything I need to know. Like mm -hmm. they will tell me, uh, lady, you better get like, you better stop, sit down, don't do, go rest. And, and it's mm -hmm. like, I, I don't want us to get to a point where we have a chronic illness and we have the right. weathering, we have the allostatic load. And, and then we have all of the chronic stuff that we have to deal with. Why can't we recognize like that, what, what we're feeling is actually our my, our body trying to kind of intercede and say, hey, this is where we should go. Please right. listen. <laughs> right, absolutely, absolutely. Yo, you know, uh, me and you, we could yeah, be talking we trouble, about that. We trouble, we trouble, I know. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say it right now, you gonna be back. Cause we're not even close to done with this conversation, but, we know that we both have things we got to go do. <laughs> yes, very much so, very much. <laughs> right, because uh, I would, you know, we've, we've had conversations that of two or three hours in the I past. Know. Like, you know, we got to leave the listeners uh, wanting a little bit more. We got to leave, we got to leave the listeners 
on a little bit of a cliffhanger, you know? <laughs> like, oh, we gotta finish this conversation. So I think just sort of bringing it back home, um, just just to kind of wrap it up so we don't leave too much of an open loop. Yeah. What would you say, what would you leave listeners with, you know, just in being community and, and, and being empowered as, as Black women, as Black people? Yeah, I mean, I think of four different things. I think of, and anyone who knows me, anyone who's seen me teach, I am the alliteration queen. I will find a way. I will find a way to make everything start with one letter somehow. I don't know what's wrong with me. But I think the support is just that foundation, right? The support, um, which is both an accountability support. I'm going to kick you in your butt. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to help lift you. But then there's the self discovery and self-awareness right so the awareness in that body but the discovery of the values what are my strengths what are the things that everyone's been telling me is a deficit but actually is my superpower (laughs) and then the the other one I would say is the skill of self-preservation and getting us to that place where we truly are like this is not a nice thing to do. This is a must do. And mm-hmm. the last thing I would say is the strategy and being vision minded and purpose led. And so how can I say, this is where I wanna be. I know it could be totally different, but that's what's what I'm feeling right now. How mm-hmm. do I move back and say, what are the things I need to cultivate right now to get there rather than doing reactive planning and being more inventive. And so I think those are really important pieces. Yeah, and we, we have so much to even delve in on those pieces. So let's we're gonna we're gonna plan to have several a series of conversations. Yeah, that's what we should, Ooh, we should do a series. Yeah, yeah. So we can do a, a podcast series in a moment. Uh, we're gonna plan that offline. But I just want to thank you, um, Dr. Malar. I mean, this conversation was just the beginning, and I think we went deep, fast. And um, yes, that's, that's kind of how we roll. But that's what this is all about. That's what remapping your mind is all about. Having those real conversations, real people, the conversations that we don't always talk about in our community, um, but it's the things that we need to be thinking about in order to be lifting each other up so that we can transform and take it to the next level. Because we are the most resilient people on the planet and we don't even know it. We don't even know it. So um Thank you so much for being on here. Tell our listeners how they can follow you, how they can connect with your community, please. Yeah, I mean, you can just go to www.melaninmedicinemotherhood.com. I also on Instagram, I'm at melaninmedicinemotherhood.com and that has all of the stuff, all the links that you can imagine in my bio. Um, I do wanna say that my pulpit where I get a little feisty is on Twitter at Dr. Omolara. So if you just want to have some fun, (laughs) follow me me over there. (laughs) I love to follow you on Twitter. When I'm on Twitter, I'm not on Twitter often, but when I am, I go like, what's what's Dr. Omolara talking about? (laughs) Well, I just so appreciate you. This is the first of many combos on this show and I look forward to them all. Um, You all go check out Dr. Omolara melaninmedicinemotherhood.com 
and you know uh, you need to be following her community. So thank you all for listening in today. Stay tuned for the next time we have her back on and stay tuned for um, you know, the upcoming trainings that we have at remapmymind.com. If you want to learn about NLP hypnosis, that's where you go. But today, especially check out melaninmedicinemotherhood.com. All right, we will see you next week. Y'all take care. Have a great rest of the day and a great rest of the week. Namaste. Thanks for spending time with us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did. Remember to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we release a new episode. Also, this is truly a movement for us, and I'm committed that this message reaches the masses. However, I am clear that it is you, our listeners, who help us to grow. So if you like this podcast, I would love and appreciate if you'd let us know. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and then share it with just three of your friends. We want to expand our reach and bring transformation to all of our brothers and sisters out there who are still seeking more freedom, purpose, and peace of mind in their lives. And finally, if you want to learn more about how to join our community, it's simple. Go to www.mindremappingnation.com. And if you're interested in learning more about NLP and hypnosis and how you can learn and train with us, consider looking at our upcoming classes. You can read more about that at remapmymind.com or schedule directly if you want more deep work at remapmymind.today. As always, we love and appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Namaste.